Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Well, hey, good morning, Jubilee fam. I just want to say once again, it's an honor to be with you. Love you, pray for you often. If you've been here 10 years or this is like your first time, so, so glad that you're with us. And if you are new with us, I just want you to know that uh, whatever it is that you believe, we, we love you, we value, we, we honor you. Uh, we believe that every person is made in the image of God, worthy of uh, value and dignity. So if there's anything we can do to serve you, man, we'd love to do that. Whether you're in one of our physical locations or you're online, please, please let us know who you are because we would love, love to serve you. Um, well, today we're going to get into a story about a man named Paul who used to find Jesus a real threat to him. To him. And, and now he put Jesus at the center and he found something amazing in that. So that's where we're headed today, how to have joy in a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to pray and then we'll get started. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for these minutes and moments that we have with you. Uh, we know as we open up the Bible, we're not just looking at old words on an old page, but we believe that they're your words and we believe that you're with us and you're making these words come alive, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. And we thank you for this. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you've ever uh, applied for a job, you probably needed to give them something called a resume. And I remember in high school talking to counselors, uh, you know, they were encouraging me to take honors classes and to do extracurricular activities. I'm like, why should I do that? They're like, well, it's because it's going to look good on your resume. Okay. And so I go to college and they, and they say something similar. They're, they're trying to get me to take leadership opportunities. They're trying to get me to do internships. And why should I do that? Well, hey, it's going to look really good on your resume. And I remember after graduating college, like getting ready to fill out my resume and thinking, oh, that's what they were talking about. I need to be able to put something on a page so that I can get into this job. And so I soon found out that, man, resumes are really, really important. Good resumes get you into places. Good resumes make you uh, turn you from an outsider to an insider. And that's really what a resume is. And a, a resume is an argument. It's a case. It's a list of things that say, I am worthy of being a part of this group. I, I, it, it, it makes closed doors open doors. Uh, a good resume is the key to getting in. Like, hey, look at my grades. Look at my accomplishments. Look at what I've done. A resume is a list of merits that, that get you in. So if you have a bad or average list, then you're probably not going to get in. If you've got a really good one or at least better than most, I mean, you're probably going to get in. But as you found out, resumes just don't get you into colleges and don't just get you into jobs. They get you into social circles. They get you into homes. They get you into friendships. They get you into marriages. And if you live long, a lot, live long enough, you realize that actually your entire life is one big resume. You know, it's dressing the right way. It's drinking the right drink. It's driving the right car. It's voting the right way. It's thinking right about the issues. It's posting the right stuff on Social media. I mean, have you ever stood over a post and you've wondered, you know, the group that you want to be a part of, what will they think about this post? How will this look on my resume? But it's not just with jobs, colleges, or even social groups. We actually use a resume with ourselves. And if, if our resume isn't good enough, we won't let ourselves in. We'll beat ourselves up. We'll exclude ourselves. We'll get down on ourselves. 
And this is what motivates us to actually pad our resume all the more. So we get busy, we get busy. We wanna, we wanna build our resume, we wanna pad our resume. And we all do that in different ways to get into the group that we wanna be a part of and to make ourselves feel good. I bring this up because Paul in this passage gives us his resume and his resume was impeccable. The group that he wanted to be a part of valued religious, moral, external behavior and he was top of the class. Everyone else was like the guy at the Y that had a little bit of game and he was LeBron James. Everyone else was like on the JV team and he was like state in like four different sports. Uh, Everyone else was middle management in a cubicle. He was the CEO with the corner office. His resume was top of the class. He was the best of the best of the best. And I bring that up because in verse seven, check out what he says though. He says, but whatever I had gained, all right, my resume, which is impeccable. You know, everyone else went to state school. I have three degrees from Harvard. All of my accomplishments, all the things that my peers and myself thought were the best, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish. Now that's a nice word compared to what it really means. It's not rubbish, it's not trash, it's excrement. I count it all as crap as compared to knowing Christ. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, and check this out, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, all right, external behavior, but that which comes through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God that depends on faith. Here's what Paul's saying. He's not saying like, Um, man, I was just trying to build my life up. But what he realized is that a resume and that his resume is more than a resume, that our resume is your righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Because he brings up this word. Your righteousness is whatever allows you to look in the mirror and say, I'm okay, I am worthy, I am accepted. Whatever makes you feel good about yourself. Your righteousness is what enables you to take criticism because you're able to fall back on your record. Well, I'm, I'm good at my career. I, I've, I'm successful. I have money. I've got a good family. I vote the right way. I think the right thoughts. I do the right things. I've got plenty of relationships. I've got lots of followers on social media. I'm thin. I'm beautiful. Whatever it is that you think, whatever it is when you look in the mirror and you say, okay, I, I, I have a good resume. That is your righteousness. And Paul got to the point where he realized that this righteousness that he got for himself, this resume, man, can't even compare to the resume and the righteousness that he receives from Jesus. Paul's saying that my righteousness used to come from a religious resume. I I felt justified, Paul said, by moral religious activity. However, Jesus Christ has shown himself to be far superior. It's like when the sun comes up in the morning, the stars disappear. You can't see him anymore. Because something far superior has shown itself. And it's no longer the resume that I can achieve in myself, but this resume that Jesus Christ had, that he came to this earth, that he was born innocent, that he walked 33 years, some, you know, maybe 33 and a half, some think, but whatever it is, he was tempted in every way, but yet he was perfect. He did not sin. And even because he did not sin, he went to the cross and he died on our behalf. He became our sin so that we could have his 
righteousness, his resume. He's like, that's what I found out. I found out that I could have his resume. So my resume looked, like, looked terrible compared to the resume of Jesus. Becoming a Christian is fundamentally way bigger than just changing your view on sin. I mean, to be honest with you, there's a lot of non-Christians who have a more robust view of sin than some professing Christians. They take sin way more seriously. They're way more moral. But it's not, becoming a Christian is way bigger than just changing your view on sin. It's changing your view on righteousness. What makes you right with God and others? Is it your external actions? Is it that you do the right things? Is it your morality? Is it your career? Is that what you're striving after? Is that what you're chasing? Is that the resume you're building? Is it your relationships? Is it that the fact that you're a good parent? Is it the fact that like on this coming Tuesday, you're gonna vote the right way, you've got it all figured out and you know, like that's your thing? This is the prism of legalism. Legalism is when your identity or security is tied to your ability and consistency to keep the rules. Whether those rules be set by a religious group, a social group, political group, whatever the ideology, and as culture becomes more and more tribal, it's becoming more and more hostile, therefore more and more divisive. And we've tried, we've tried to be like, hey, look, you know, for, for decades, like we want to be an inclusive country. We want to open things up. We want all people. But the reality is we're becoming more and more and more divisive. So how do we get out? Well, Paul says to the Ephesians, um, kind of what he's saying now, but he's talking about the cross. And, and two, he says, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh, that is going to the cross, the dividing wall of hostility. What creates hostility? Well, it's legalism, it's, it's rules. Thereby abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, external behavior, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. And that's just a metaphor for all the different groups. He's specifically talking about Jew and Gentile, so definitely racial implications, but it could be political, it can be ideological. That he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Hostility happens when tribes try to maintain the border of the rules. And when their rules get threatened, they get threatened. So that's another thing. Your righteousness, when your righteousness, when your sense of righteousness gets threatened. So if it's because you're like a really nice person or if you're a really good person or if you're a really successful person or if you've got lots of money, whenever those things get threatened, you get threatened. And so what you're seeing in America is that, the, is that we're becoming more and more tribal. I mean, this is not just a religious observation. I mean, business people talk about this too. You know, we're all in these little tribes and, if, and it's becoming more and more distinct and becoming more and more legalistic. Identity and security is increasingly be, becoming tied to one's ability to keep the rules. There are some very religious groups that have nothing to do with Christianity or any traditional religious groups that are very, very strict about what you can say and what you cannot say. And if, you're, if you don't do the, say the right thing, hostility is there. And we're seeing that in our country. Hostility, division. Where's that coming from? It's coming from the sense that we want to be right and we form our own resume, our own sense of righteousness. And the more that we pursue our own sense of righteousness, the, the more the hostility, the more the division 
The cross, though, tears it all down. And it's because of the cross. This is why we say as a community that we want to be a community of people that helps all people know God. Man, we want to say, come in. You don't need a resume. In fact, get rid of your resume. That's what, when you, we want to introduce you to a God that just says, hey, look, you don't need that anymore because Jesus Christ has given you his perfect resume. That's our invitation. And so we want to make progress in inviting all people to come and say, it's no longer the resume that I am building, but I am trusting in the resume that Jesus gives me by faith. Uh, and, and it is a bulletproof resume. It, is, it, it, it gets you in to the throne room of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the ultimate outsiders, you and I, the ultimate outsiders, being able to be a part of the ultimate insider, that is God. Paul calls it the breastplate of righteousness because it's bulletproof. It will, it will cause you to be, it'll cause you to have an industrial strength confidence, even in the midst of suffering like Paul was experiencing. You know, we're all tempted to promote uh, external behavior. Uh, we're all tempted to promote things that we shouldn't promote as becoming our righteousness. I mean, this is true for my wife. And I know for myself, uh, you know, when the church isn't going well, um, like, man, it really puts me in the tubes. I mean, it really, like, it can really affect me depending on what the situation is. And, um, you know, my wife, will be, you know, she comes off as being really mature in those scenarios because she's like, you just need to trust God. You know, and I'm just like in the tubes because like, it's not just that I care about the church. It's like, it's, it's, there's a, a part of it. It's, it's part of my resume. It's part of my righteousness. I'm tempted to make the church's success part of my own righteousness. And for my, it's not like my wife doesn't care about the church. She just doesn't make it her righteousness. On the other hand, with the kids, like something can happen with the kids and, and she goes to, oh my gosh, this could happen, this could happen. And she goes down the tubes and I'm like, hey, honey, let's just trust God in this. And I look all mature. Um, it's not that I don't love the kids, but I'm not tempted as my wife might be tempted to make our kids her righteousness. And, and we're all tempted to do this. So like you may do something last Tuesday and you may feel really guilty about it. And like, oh my gosh. And like, I shouldn't have done that. And, and maybe you shouldn't have done that. But here's, the, here's why this is bulletproof. Because your righteousness has nothing to do with what you did last Tuesday. Even if you were to go back, even if you were to go back the last Tuesday and, and not do what you should have not done or whatever it was, even if you had not done that, it doesn't make you more righteous, because you're not looking to your resume. You're looking to the resume of Jesus Christ, who is perfect. And because of this, Paul, like, I am just done with building my own resume. And now I am throwing my entire life into pursuing Christ. I want to make, I want to make him my own, the way he's made he might, I, like, I want to pursue him. So he says, but by any means possible. And then he says this. He says, not that I have, I've already obtained this or perfect. So he's like, look, I've not arrived. Like there's more to know about God. There's so much more in front of me to enjoy, to find. He's a treasure to pursue. So I used to think that life was about building my external resume. Now I'm, it's all about Jesus. So now I'm pursuing him. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I do not consider that I've made it my own. So I've not attained anything yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, the guilt, the shame, the pain, 
the air, the wrong, I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way. And if anyone thinks otherwise, God will reveal it to you also. He's saying, look, man, I, we gotta, I wanna pursue God. Like, you know, th- that going after him, like I, I wanna pursue him as treasure. I wanna get into his word. I wanna pursue his word. I wanna pursue prayer. I wanna pursue fellowship with other believers. I wanna, I wanna get after, I wanna be very intentional. I wanna make that my all. Now, some of us may get very confused really quick because we've confused like, okay, like, well, if I just, you know, if I, if I pursue the Bible, isn't that being legalistic? Well, no, it's only legalistic if you make, if you use reading the Bible to pad your resume. It's not legalistic if you're digging for treasure. You know, Jesus said like, you know, the kingdom of God is like a, is like a, is like a great treasure, the pearl of great price. And that a, a man, when he finds it, he sells everything he has. Like Paul, like he gives up everything. He gives up his resume and he goes and he buys this field and he's, it's, it's about the treasure. It's not about the tools that get you the treasure. The Bible is a tool that gets you the treasure. It's not about the Bible. It's about Jesus. It's about him. Prayer. It's like, you know, if, yeah, you can make prayer. If you use that to pad your resume, I mean, Jesus even said that. He said, don't pray like the Pharisees who use prayer to pad the resume. Man, it's about your father. It's about intimacy. If it's about getting that treasure, man, pursue it. Be disciplined in it. Be disciplined in gathering with other believers. Well, isn't that religious? You know, I just go to church, I go to community group. You know, check. Yeah, if you do that to check off a list, that, that, if you do that to pad your resume, that's legalistic. But man, it is a, it is a pathway to the treasure. It is a tool, it is a, is a way that we connect with God. So we wanna, we wanna pursue these things, his word. We wanna be on Bible reading plans. We wanna, get, we wanna have times with God regularly, with discipline, consistently. We, we, we want to not giving up on meeting with the saint. We want to do these things with great discipline because we're after the prize, that we're after Jesus. You know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter nine, verse um, 25 in his first letter. He says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things and they do it to receive a perishable wreath. We do it for an imperishable wreath. Find, using discipline and passion to pursue him is not legal. It's only legalistic if you do it to pad your resume, which Paul once did. But he's like, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about doing externals. I'm about Jesus. I'm about pursuing the prize. And there are athletes that do it for an, a perishable wreath that's gonna come and go, but we do it for an imperishable and the truth is you're striving over something. It's just a matter of what it is. You know, I don't know if you watch the 30 for 30 episodes, ESPN. I just think they're phenomenal. I mean, they're so, they're, they're so well done. I mean, my wife really loves them. I think if you just like drama and story and man, you'll, you'll love them. And there's this one that I watched by this guy named Marcus Dupree. If you don't know who he was, he was a beast of a running back from Mississippi in the 1980s. He went to the, the University of Oklahoma uh, during a time where Oklahoma just absolutely dominated. But in the end, this running back blew up his knee. I mean, he, was, I mean, he had won every, you know, every record in high school, every record in college. I mean, he was just like gonna be awesome. Like, you know, LeBron James of football in the 80s. But he blew up his knees. And in this documentary, he goes back to his mother's house in Mississippi who had passed away, and they went to the trailer that she had. And when they got into this trailer, 
They, it was all busted up. And it was just filled. When you walked in, it was just filled with all these trophies and newspaper articles and awards. And there's all these cobwebs all over the place. And, and I just, you just have this picture of like all the blood, all the sweat, all the sacrifice was for this. Some trophies and, and um, newspaper articles in cobwebs in a trailer in Mississippi and no one cared. And it was such a sad thing to see that he had given his life to something that was perishable, that was gone away. And it just made me realize that we all do that. We all seek to pad a resume. We're all looking for those trophies. We're all looking for those newspaper articles in, in various different ways. Most of us don't get the, the don't have the, the encounter to, be, to realize that midstream. Some of us live our entire life that way and we live it and it's too late. We get to that place and it's just too late. Paul, midlife, has this encounter with Jesus. Jesus shows himself as far superior. He realizes, man, all the trophies, all the awards, all the accolades, it is all worthless compared to knowing Christ. We're all striving for something. My question for you this morning is, what are you striving for? Are you striving to build a resume? Are you confident you know where that'll end? Paul says, as for me, man, I was top of the class, but I consider it all a waste compared, compared to the resume that you can have by faith in Christ Jesus. If you have never received Jesus, what does it mean to receive Jesus? It does not mean simply changing your view on what you do and what you don't do. Okay, I, I used to do these bad things and now I don't do these bad things. I used to not go to church and now I go to church. It is not just changing your view of sin. It's changing your view of righteousness. It's, it's trusting in a different resume, a resume that you have nothing to do with. It's a resume that you receive by faith in Christ Jesus. Are you ready to receive this resume? Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you've been in our church for years and you've never actually trusted in his resume. I wanna invite you into that relationship. We're gonna sing a song here in a minute. I'll come back and lead you through a time where you can receive Jesus. Or maybe you, you have, and, and like me, you just slip into, back into trusting in your own resume. You know, as the world gets more and more divided, as the world gets more and more dark, it's so tempting. It's so tempting to give up our confidence. It's so tempting to give up on this confidence that we have in Christ, this resume, trusting in his resume. We wanna, be, we wanna fit in, we wanna be accepted. But Paul's like, man, I wanna, I wanna suffer with Christ because that just means I get more of him and less of me. And if you have this, man, you, you have full confidence to stand before the Father. You know, when Jesus comes back, when he splits open the sky and he shows up with tattoos on his thighs and you know this beautiful white stallion, man, we can, you can know we can all know that we stand righteous, that we stand perfected in that moment, not because we show him our resume, because of the resume that he gave us through his sacrifice on the cross. Is that what you're trusting in? Let me pray for us. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you've given us by going to the cross, by living perfectly without sin, and not just taking away our bad record, 
and now we build our own resume. But taking away our bad record, taking away even the pursuit of building our own resume, and you've given us your perfect resume. Now we use that and we have confidence before the Father. We can have confidence in everything because your righteousness is bulletproof. Nothing can come against us if you are for us. Amen.